In Psalm 27, when we get here, the, the, the best understanding I could find of, you know, I asked the question, what's happening, in, what's happening in David's life as he writes this psalm? That's a good question to ask when you read psalms. Like, why, why is he writing this? What's going on? There's so much emotion in here, so much uh, fear and so much faith, and then there's confidence in God. Most likely, what was happening at this point in time was that David was running for his life from King Saul. Uh, you ever feel like that? Maybe you put your fear in there. Maybe you feel like you're running for your life for whatever it is you put on your card. Um, I want to tell you a story. Uh, we were at the Polaris Mall. We like to go shopping at the mall, window shopping uh, <laughs> at the mall, right? We like to go there because it's a, it's a nice stop for our kids because, and us, of course, we like to go to the Disney store. Does anybody enjoy the Disney store? You with me? Some of you are like, no, keep me out of there. Uh, it's fun. It's a magical place, right? Uh, so we were, I believe it was Mother's Day, because on Mother's Day, I remember we finished church here, and I was going to drive up and see my mom. And my mom lives about two hours away. And uh, on, so we got out of church a little bit later than we had thought. And I was on the way up to, to see my mom. We had already passed Polaris. And I called my mom and she said, Chris, where are you? Uh, why aren't you here? And I was like, uh, sorry, we got out of church late. We're on our way. And she said, well, we already left grandma's house. You don't even need to come today. <laughs> she was like, oh, thanks, mom. Happy Mother's Day. I'm trying to show my love to you and I don't get, get to. And she's like, no. Uh, I already left, and we're tired, and you know, if you've probably been that way, and you're like, hey, we'll just get together another day uh, when it works out better. And so we turned around, and uh, we decided, why don't we stop by the Polaris Mall on the way back? It was, we, we had already passed that when we were backtracking, and we got in the Polaris Mall. We were like, kids, guess what? We're not going to Grandma's house, but we are going to the Disney store. And so we, we uh, got out, and went into the Disney store, and we are shopping around the store. And uh, we hear what sounds like a gunshot. It was uh, very clearly the sound of a gunshot, it, but it was only one noise. But what we heard was uh, panic after that and people yelling, active shooter, active shooter. And uh, I'm with my kids in the Disney store. And so I'm like, what is going on here? So I pick up Brock out of his chair. My son, if you don't know him, he uses a wheelchair part-time. And, and uh, so I'm picking up my son out of this chair. I'm looking for my wife, and we end up heading to the back of the Disney store through the employee door, and they're like trying to shut us in this closet in the very back of the Disney store. And I get back there, and I am not the one in a situation where people are panicking to panic. I'm really not. And I'm like, I am not going to be stuck in the back of a closet if something's happening. I'm going to make sure my family's in the back of the closet, and I'm going to go figure out what in the world's going on here. So I, my family's in this closet. I'm talking body to body. People are in the closet, and there's this guy yelling in the back of the closet, shut the door, shut the door, shut the door. And I'm like, there's too many people in here. You can't shut the door. The door's open, and my kids are screaming and crying and I'm walking out the door as my daughter's like, no, daddy, like, don't leave me. And um, 
So, long story short, something had exploded in the store, some sort of pop contraption. You probably heard about it on the news, if you, if you read the news at all in Columbus. And uh, it, there was no active shooter. People had panicked and just went nuts. And uh, so we're in the back of this Disney store. But ever since this day at the Disney store, my kids have a very real fear. Uh, and it has affected them. Uh, just the other day, my kids were with my wife at Kosai, and we love Kosai, uh, not as much as the Disney store, in my opinion, I'd rather go there, but uh, we love Kosai, and I wasn't there this day, uh, Trisha's cousin was with them, and uh, apparently the fire alarm went off at Kosai, uh, just at, by mistake, you know, sometimes uh, it's a test, or sometimes there's something wrong with the system, there was no fire, but they're calmly like ushering people out, all right, we have to get out of the building so we can reset the alarm and then we come back in. My kids are, I'm told, we're going crazy. They are panicking. And my daughter is like running away from my wife uh, because she's so afraid something like that happened at the Disney store is going to happen to her again, you know. And, and so I've experienced this uh, firsthand lately, this fear that can be so real. And in my daughter's mind, something bad is going to happen, though nothing bad is actually taking place, but it's very real for her. Um, I, I read these. Uh, I wrote down as I walked around the tables, and I didn't make it to every table, but uh, there are very real fears that we face, uh, ones that bother us on a daily basis, ones that you think about when you're going to sleep and uh, I'm encouraged to tell you that God's Word does give us a lot of encouragement with our fear. But let me, let me just share with you so you don't feel alone here in your fear. Uh, I, I had down here, which was very common, the fear of losing family or children. That your children would somehow get sick or die or something would happen to them. Take it further. Many of you said that you're afraid of your children not knowing Christ as Savior and, and never being, to heaven, being in heaven with you one day. Uh, many people said they were afraid of failure, you know, not being able to measure up. And so you work and you work trying to succeed. Uh, some said they are afraid of the unknown. I just don't know what's in front of us. And uh, with that, some of you mentioned finances. Uh, some of you mentioned being alone, losing a spouse. Uh, I had a few that mentioned that you're afraid that one day you're going to be a burden to others. And I can see these as very real burdens, very real fears that they drive us, don't they, to, to work extra hard so that I won't be a burden, or we, we put in extra hours so that we won't be a failure. Um, I saw failures, uh, or I'm sorry, fears that you will... Uh, repeat the sins of your fathers. You know, you don't want to be like your father. Don't want to be like your dad. Uh, many of you said you're afraid of snakes. All right, raise your hand. You're afraid of snakes. Everyone look around. This was so common. Uh, some of you said you're afraid of spiders. Spiders, raise your hand. Spiders, I'm with you. I hate spiders. Uh, sharks, I heard some sharks around here. Um, you don't have to get in the water, actually, so, you know, don't worry about that. Um, several were afraid of cancer, afraid of rejection. 
Um, those are very real fears. Uh, there was one pastor that I heard in a motivational song slash sermon that said, when fear comes knocking, I'll meet it at the door. And um, I don't feel that way <laughs> when I face my fears. Uh, no, thank you, you know. Uh, but maybe with the confidence that we can have in Christ, we can have that, uh, that way to face our fears. So let's go ahead and, and pray. And then we're going to walk through Psalm 27. We have plenty of time. And then there's cheesecake. Somebody asked me today, uh, are we really having cheesecake? Yeah, we are. We are having cheesecake. So you can celebrate. There is cheesecake here. I, we didn't trick you to come tonight. Uh, there's, uh, is there anything else besides cheesecake? We have a, uh, water and coffee. And, uh, you know, Pastor Dave's here. You can talk with him. So, all right, let's pray, and, and then we'll, we'll study tonight. Father, I pray that you would help us with our fear. I pray you'd give us your perspective on this fear. I pray you'd give us the, the view of yourself that David had as he wrote this psalm, and we need your help. Uh, God, these are things that, that bother us. These are things that we work so hard to avoid, and I pray that you would give us a confidence that you are here and you are very present and you are helping. And I pray you just bless this time as we study. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Oh, ready or not, we're getting into this one. I was telling, honestly, this is, uh, these were very heavy responses uh, as I walked around. And I could see them on your faces that it was heavy. And so I take it seriously what we're going to uh, teach tonight. All right. I'll, I'll do my best not to cry. I like to cry. I don't like to cry, but it feels good sometimes. You know, it's just like, just get it out there, right? All right, Psalm 27. In a time when he's running for his life, David says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple." For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Because of mine enemies. Deliver me not unto the will of mine enemies. For false 
witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. In verse 1, David answers the question, Who is the Lord? Listen, when it comes to the things that we are afraid of, when it comes to the problems that seem like they're coming at us, he described enemies that were coming to eat his flesh and enemies that were a whole army coming against him. He says, listen, here's who the Lord is. The Lord is my light. The Bible describes God as a light. God is a light to his people to show them the way when they are in doubt, to comfort and rejoice their hearts when they are in sorrow. Listen, when we are in fear of the unknown, many, many of you put, I'm afraid of the unknown. And David here, what are the enemies going to do to him? He didn't know. He didn't know what was going to happen. All he knew that he was in trouble. And we, there's a lot of things we don't know. The Bible says we can't boast of tomorrow. We don't know what a day brings forth. We don't know where we're going to be financially. We don't know when it is we're going to be alone or if we're going to be alone. We don't know. We don't know these things. But the Bible says that God, the Lord, is my light. See, when, when you don't know, God knows. You realize that? When you don't know, God knows. When you don't know, and it seems like darkness is in your life, there's a, there's a fog ahead of you, you don't know, God's Word says that God is the one that shows you the way. He's the one that is the light. He is the light in your darkness. He is the confidence when you doubt. He is the faith. You can have faith in Him when you fear. The Lord is my light. He also says the Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my salvation. Listen, um, there's a lot of things we don't know, and we, we need God's light, but you know what? Sometimes these fears... You know, I, I once heard that fear was uh, like an acrostic, uh, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real, right? Um, but you know what? Some of the things you're afraid of, you will face them. Uh, that's, that's the thing. Uh, uh, not everything you pray for, God is going to give you. You say, this is what preachers say. Listen, every prayer doesn't get answered in the way that we so see fit. We can't avoid all the troubles in this life. Over and over the Bible says to endure, that we will face trials, that we will face temptation. And the truth is here that there is a time when David will face enemies, when you will face your enemies, when you will face your financial struggle, when you will face the thing that you are most afraid of, you will face it. But the Lord is your salvation in that time. See, when you need saving, when you get to a point where you say, I can't fix this, I can't get out of this hole, I can't make myself better, that's when God can make you better. Does that make sense? That's when God is your deliverer. When you're in the pit, He lifts you out of the pit. The Lord is your salvation. He's the one that saves you. We know this when it comes to salvation. You know, I, I love, we know that Jesus was God and that he died for our sin and that he was buried and that he raised from the dead. And we know that if we exercise faith in him, we can be saved from eternity and hell. And we have this confidence 
this confidence, you understand uh, the Bible confidence. It's, that it's, it's not based upon how I feel. It's based upon the facts and the truth of Scripture. I have a confidence that I've placed my faith in Christ and He is my salvation for eternity. But never forget, and many times we do, not only is He your salvation for eternity, He's your salvation in your fear, in your difficulty, when it's hard, when you don't know what to do, when you feel stuck, when you feel like you're facing the worst of the worst of the worst, God is your salvation. You realize that? Who is the Lord? He's my light. He is my salvation. And he asks the question. It's a rhetorical question. If this is the case, whom shall I fear? See, because you know what? You don't know what's ahead, but God does. And even if you do get into trouble, God's going to save you. Who shall you fear? He says, the Lord is the strength of my life means he is my fortified place. That is that word strength, the strongest part of my life. Uh, have you ever felt weak? Helpless? If you, if you haven't, you're going to. There's times when we feel we, we can't fix our issue, we can't fix our problem. David says with such confidence, God is my light, the Lord is my salvation, and the Lord is the strength of my life. When you are without strength, you can turn to God, and He can be your strength. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, the Apostle Paul realizes this. He says, He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. This is the words of Christ. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Who does God show Himself strong on behalf of? The strong? No, the weak. Uh, that's the same thought process where God said, I'm not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Who, who gets to experience the salvation of God from, from hell and the punishment of their sin? It's those that realize that they need it, right? Who gets to realize the salvation of God and the strength of God? It's the one who realizes that they don't have strength, that they are weak. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Man, that's what's happening in Psalm 27 is David is, he's praising God in the midst of this difficulty because he realizes he's weak, but God's strong on his behalf. He says, most gladly I'll glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Um, we are strongest when we know that we're the weakest, because we're strongest in Christ. You understand? Strength doesn't, you don't have to muster up all the strength. Sometimes we try so hard, we're afraid that we're going to seem like a failure, or we're going to not measure up, and we work so hard and so hard because we're trying to measure up, and when in reality, we don't have to. We are weak, and we can rely on God's strength in that time. You don't have to be strong for yourself. Sometimes we want to be strong for others, and we have to put on this facade that everything is great. Everything is not great all the time, okay? And if you act like it is, you're simply just acting like it is, okay? And we know, because <laughs> we all get to go home, and Monday comes for every one of us, you know? Um, Christ's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Uh, look in verse number 2 and 3 in Psalm 27. He says, When the wicked, even mine enemies, my foes, 
came upon me to eat up my flesh. Have you ever had somebody that you thought had it out for you? Yeah, you ever, you know, sometimes we think this, they are against me, whoever they is, you know, many times, man, they, they are just against me, you know, whether that's people at work, whether that's the relative in your family that's uh, spreading lies about you, whatever, the, the enemies, you know, you all have who you think it is in your life, this enemy, he says, mine enemies, they were coming to eat up my flesh, I, I don't, I really don't think they were truly going to eat his flesh, this is just an illustration, they're coming for him, okay, but they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. How can you stand in the face of somebody that has it out for you? How can you stand in the face of some kind of opposition that's coming your way? Because it's coming. And he says, his heart's not fearing. The war should rise against me. He says, in this will I be confident. What is he confident in? He's confident that the Lord is his light. When it's dark, the Lord shows him how, shows him where to go, shows him what to do. The Lord is his salvation. Hey, if he gets in a bad spot, God is there to deliver him because that's what he does. The Lord is the strength of his life. When he's weak, God is strong. And that's where we find our confidence. We find our confidence in the face of difficulty, not in ourselves, not in our own ability to fix a problem, but in Christ. And in our God, you've all shared your fears. I'll share with you some of mine, and I promise I'm not going to make you all cry. I might, but uh, this is life is hard sometimes. Uh, here are my fears, and I'm going to go through them quickly. So, I, and I'm going to smile. Um, uh, I, I, I was I agree with many of you. Many of you said I fear the death of my children. I fear the death of my children. Listen, whether your children are healthy or sick. You want to, I am a safety nut. You ask my wife, I sound like I remember my grandmother sounding when I was growing up. Don't stand on that. Don't do that. Hey, be careful. There's an edge there. And even more than so with Brock, I'm like holding him every step he takes because I don't want him to fall down, right? And we do that. We have these fears. And that fear brings so much anxiety sometimes. It brings so much, like, I don't know what's going to happen. But we have to apply what we learn here in Psalm 27 to our fears. I don't know, but you know who does? God knows. He's my light, right? If in the fact that my child dies or your child dies, because there's people sitting in this room that have experienced just that, do you know what happens? The Lord is your salvation. You will make it through because God will deliver you out of the difficulty that you so fear. Um. Oh, man, I'm going to skip ahead to the next one. You know, I fear greatly. I fear wasting my life. I don't know why, but there have uh, been key messages and sermons that I've heard that really explain the value of life. You know, you don't know what a day may bring forth. Uh, that passage in James chapter 4 that says life is but a vapor. It appears for a little time and vanishes away. I just feel like I need to be involved in everything and experience everything and uh, sometimes I end up eating everything and eating all the sushi I can get and travel everywhere I can travel. And I try and do everything because I'm seriously afraid I'm going to miss out on something. You ever feel that way? Like you're going to miss out? Listen, uh, we work extra. We take on projects. We, we do things because of our fear. And we've got to apply these truths. 
God is our light. He is our salvation, and He is our strength. One that was very common that I definitely agree with is the fear of failure. You, fear, you ever fear just failing, not measuring up? You, you, you try something, you, you always have that thing in the back of your mind that says, I'm not good enough, right? And you, so you, you try harder and you work harder and you do more because you're afraid to fail, which we all know we're going to fail, right? You will. It's going to happen. Sorry to tell you, the fear is going to happen. But realize, when you're afraid of failing, the Lord is your light. He, he, he's the one that gives you direction. Many times we need to, we need to make sure our priorities are straight. Uh, he needs to be the light giving us wisdom in that. He's our salvation. When you fail, you know, uh, the Bible talks about that man who falls seven times and rises up again. God is always there no matter how many times you fall. You, you may say, I'm, I'm afraid of falling into a particular sin, and you, you're afraid of it, and you're, you're scared to death. Listen, you might. You might just fall into a particular sin, but you know what? God's going to be there to pick you back up again. You might fail in business. You might fail as a father or a wife or a child in an area that you just you try so hard and you work every day and you're afraid that one day you're going to let somebody down. But the truth is you're going to let somebody down. And in that time, the Lord is your salvation. He is your deliverer. He's going to pick you up and He's going to help you. He's going to give you strength to go through the difficulty. Uh, Romans chapter 8.31 really parallels the message of these verses. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? You know, we, we worry so much about failing and, and falling down and getting hurt or our, our kids falling down and getting hurt or us messing something up or doing something wrong or not having enough money or getting fired, all of these things. But the truth is, you have a God that is for you. Sometimes we think we're going through this all alone. You have a God that is for you. There's nothing to fear. David in verse 1 says, Whom shall I fear. If God be for us, who can be against us? In the next several verses, David moves in in, in this psalm and he, he kind of shifts gears and he begins to describe his desire to be at home with the Lord. He uses this termini, uh, terminology, dwelling in the house of the Lord. Let's read it in verse 4, Psalm 27, verse 4. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord. Look at the focus in his life of his desires. One thing I've desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. There's something that he constantly wishes for, something that he constantly pursues, that he wants, he's working toward. He says, here's what it is, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David has a desire to live in God's house all his days. Uh, from my study of this, it doesn't really uh, mean that he's saying, I just want to go live in the temple. But he wants to have every day of his life that closeness with God that comes from being with God. You understand? He's saying, God, I just want to be so close to you. I want to serve you. His relationship, you see, with God is so valuable, it's become something that he pursues after. That's something to think about. Listen, his relationship with God is so valuable that it's something he pursues after. Uh, verse number five says this, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. 
Uh, he's, he's looking for God as this place of comfort, of solitude, a place to hide from the trouble. Um, you ever find a place to hide? You ever just go somewhere to get away? Yeah. Uh, you ever... There's a lot of noises tonight. Holy smokes. <laughs> Somebody make your phone ring quick. No, uh, listen, we go places. We want to avoid the trouble. Sometimes we go somewhere to avoid people, don't we? You ever do that? Uh, a lot of people go to the balcony. <laughs> I've heard, hey, if you want to avoid people on Sunday, go sit in the balcony, okay? If you can join the other people that are trying to avoid people. Uh, we, we do this. Sometimes we, we uh, stay in our room. We go to our office. Uh, I was talking with Pastor David about this. Like we, we find our offices to be places of solace, okay? Uh, but you know what? David says, there's trouble in my life, and here's where he runs to. He runs to the Lord to be his comfort and his peace and his place to hide. Many times we go the opposite direction. We have trouble, and so we run to something else. We run to someone else. But we should be running to the Lord in time of trouble. And that's what David shows us here. David uh, believes that God... Uh, listen to this in the next, uh, the next section. I want to show you this here. He says, verse 5, uh, For in time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. You know, we, we talk about the tabernacle, that, that they known that as that tent where God lived. It wasn't just the, the, the front yard that he was able to go in, but his relationship with God was so close that he says, you know what? God hides me in a secret room. You know, he, he hides me someplace close, someplace special. It's like, uh, you know, there's certain rooms in your friend's house you don't go in, but when you go back home, uh, you get free reign of the house, Right. Uh, you, go, you go where you want. You grew up there. It's that comfort, that familiarity that he has with God. And he says, you know what? I can go uh, and, and God is with me and, and God is close to me. He says here uh, in verse number 6, I'm sorry, at the end of verse 5, he says, He shall set me up upon a rock. Not only does he go to God as a place to hide, to get away from trouble, but he says, God takes me when I go to him, when I know he's my light, my salvation, my strength. The Bible says he sets me. See, sometimes we want to set ourselves somewhere. We want to fix our own. The Bible says he set me on a rock. A rock is known to be a firm place, a sure place, a confident place. And many times we go through life with no confidence, no surety. And, and I was told, if, if your life is inconsistent and there's nothing consistent, it's like when the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Listen, when you're close to the, the one that never ever changes, the one that is absolutely consistent, your life will be more consistent. It'll be firm as in set upon a rock. And in that place of being upon a rock, he says this in verse 6, and now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Look at the illustration. My head lifted up. Uh, if you're like me and human, uh, you many times have times where your head is down. You feel down. You feel defeated. You feel like quitting. When you run to God for your comfort and for your peace, the Bible says He sets you on a confident place, on a sure place. And the Bible says He lifts up your head. Sometimes when you're down, you've got to run to the, not sometimes, all the time, 
You need to run to the Lord, and He can lift up your head when your head needs lifted up. You say, I can't lift up my head. Well, the good thing is that He lifts your head up. He says He lifts your head up above your enemies. When it seems like everybody else is on top of you, they're on top of the world, they're on top of you, and you can never get ahead. Well, God gives you the opportunity. He lifts your head up, and He places you on a rock above your enemies. Let's continue, and it's almost time for cheesecake. Um, I want you to see the response He has to God's greatness. We see here in verse number 6, He says uh, at the end, uh, sorry, He says, Therefore... Will I offer in his tabernacle, tabernacle, that's a hard one, sacrifices of joy. He says, I will sing. Yeah, I will sing praises unto the Lord. In response to all that God is, David sings. I know most of you sing, even though you don't sing in front of people, right? Uh, sometimes you feel like you can't sing. But the singing came after he recognized who God was, after he ran to God, after he dwelt in God's house. And that doesn't mean come to church on Sunday, though you can find God and hear from God's word. That means get with God in prayer. And he recognizes this and he sings a praise. Uh, he sings a song, a, a celebratory song. Uh, this word praise is the word for psalm. He would write songs like this one uh, when he knew who God was. There's a song that I, I want to read some words to. I know I have uh, short on time here. Many of you know this song. It's called, Whom Shall I Fear? It says, you hear me. I'm not going to sing it, okay? You hear me when I call. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Well, who's the light? Remember? The Lord. The Lord is the light. He says, Whom Shall I Fear? You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield. Though troubles linger still, whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. Listen, with all these heavy things that you fear and you care about, you've got to realize there is a real God that is with you in those difficulties. David says in verse 7, he says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. He's praying. He seeks God and prays. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When, when you said, that when thou said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. God has said, David, seek me, seek me. David said, Yeah, I will. I'm going to respond. Verses 9 and 10 answers these questions. He goes on. He says, Has God forgotten me? You know, Many of you said that um, you're afraid of being alone. Uh, I would guess that loneliness is a, one of your major fears that you deal with. You know, we desire the people that we love to be in our life. It's addressed right here in verse 9 and 10. He says, hide not thy face far from me. He's saying, God, please don't leave me. Put not thy servant away in anger. God, if I did something wrong, please don't, don't put me away. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not. Neither forsake me. Don't forsake me, God. Forsake means to leave or to refuse, to be turned away. And many of you at one point or another had somebody in your life that turned you away. Somebody that you feel like they did forsake you. And maybe that's the root cause of some of the fear that you currently have. 
But we have to realize that God that is our light, our salvation, and our strength will never, ever leave us. He'll never leave us. Uh, actually, the Bible says in verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, those of you that are loving fathers and mothers, uh, you would never think to forsake and leave your children. That's unthinkable. Uh, you're the one that provides for your kids and works for your kids and wants them to be safe and have the best. But he says, even when the closest of the close forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. To anyone that has an issue to where you say, my father is not present. I don't have anybody in my life with whom I can lean on. When other people leave you, the Bible says God takes you up. He takes you in. He takes you as his own. He cares for you. Hebrews 13 Verse 5 and 6 says, Let your conversation, your lifestyle, be without covetousness. And it's not about getting things. It's not about getting stuff. It says, And be content with such things as you have. Well, why? why? Why be content? For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. See, what this verse here says that Jesus is enough, that God is enough, that we can be content with the things that we have because we have this one that is enough, that one thing like David said he desired in verse number 4. I'm almost done. Verse 11, David says to God, Teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies. He's praying, God, please get me out of here. And, and we pray that, you know, uh, when, when we're sick or we're in, in trouble. Some people, they don't offer the prayers usually that I want offered. You know, they're like, oh, I'll pray that you'll be okay. I'm, 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 don't pray for my okay. Don't send positive thoughts my way. Pray that God will take the problem away, right? That's what we want. We, we don't want unclear prayers here. Like, I'm in pain. I'm hurting. Some, something's wrong. Like, pray for a solution. That's what we want to pray for. And that's what he's doing here. God, don't deliver me to the will of my enemies. Get me out of here. And then we end in verse 13 and 14. It sums it up in a final encouragement. David says in verse 13, he said, I had fainted. What he's saying is, I was about to quit. I was about to quit. I had fainted. He said, I was about to give up. All the fear and the problem and the struggle, I was just about to give up. Unless... I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Um, it talks about the land of the living. That's the here and now. That's on this earth. This is not in heaven. And he says, you know what? I was about to give up. The, the sickness, the fear, the financial struggle, the painful choices of other people, the things that are in your life make you feel like quitting. He says, I, I'm about to be faint and quit. But the thing that kept me going is that I saw through it all, God is still good. Um, there, there was a man uh, in, in my Bible here. I have it, a little dash, and maybe you want to Google this man. His name is John Bishop. He's a man that lost his ability to talk and walk and do all these things. And he was a preacher before he had all these complications. And his wife had to help him learn to speak. His wife had to tell him that she was his wife. And there was this great difficulty. And I remember he preached this passage in the fact that, you know what, even in such terrible circumstances, God still shows himself to be good. Amen. You know, I know that God's going to take care of me in heaven one day. 
and even with that fear of my kids, I know that my son has trusted Christ as Savior. So I don't necessarily have a, amen, that's right. I don't necessarily have a fear uh, of, of what's going to come way down the road. It's the, the land of the living stuff that bothers me. But throughout it all, you're going to see, and I get to see, that God provides for our needs. There are times when there are unexpected blessings. There are peace, even though there's, uh, there shouldn't be any peace. You have experiences with family that bring you joy. Uh, you have times with church family as well that bring you joy. Smiling children, you know, just the laughter of, of friends and family. These are the good things that God gives you in the land of the living that cause you not to faint. And he concludes this uh, chapter and he says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. It's as if he sums it up and he says, you know what? You've got a fear. Turn your sights on the Lord. He's your light. He's your salvation. He's your strength. He says, wait on the Lord. Be strong. Don't quit. And he shall strengthen thine heart. You say, I don't feel the strength right now. Wait. He reminds you a second time. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Just remember that. Um, we have very real fears, and uh, I appreciate you sharing them and, and taking some time to think about them even tonight. I know it's hard to, to come to a topic like this, but just know that God is your light in the situation that you're fearful of. God is your salvation. If you, if you meet that fear face-to-face, -face, He's going to deliver you up, and He will give you strength to go through it.